1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hansels and Scott Gerard. Live here at Tim Daly, Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. We've got some jazz gear available for you. Come by and grab some stuff. Even have a candle warmer. I'll give you as well. <laughs> That's from one of our sister stations. Yes. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Joining us now, he's the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Kind enough to join us. David, how are you? Hey, David. What are all your sister stations now? Oh, we got a bunch of them. Don't put you got adopted. Screen. Like it's like you got adopted into a big family. Uh, we did, but uh, we're actually, you know, unlike a lot of adopted kids, we get treated really well. So uh, it's so wow. Far, it's that really was good. a statement. I think you're going to regret. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know. <laughs> We're not we're not the uh, unfortunate take, stepkid that gets kind of swept away. Retract that retract that comment now. I understand what you were trying to say, um, but just retract it now before your mentions light up. Sorry, we'll just take it for what it meant. <laughs> that statement was no, not, we won't, did not. We like Scotty. That statement did not come that. out the way that I thought, and does not represent that or any other co- or any other uh, opinions of uh, Bonneville Communications. There you there. go. My bad. That was, we'll that was a good that fix. Yeah. Hold that on was, that that one, was a good fix and uh, <laughs> erase Lloyd Cole's tapes in the back. And, oh, and right. Lloyd doesn't survive. erase anything. Yeah, <laughs> That'll be played three more times before the end of the show today. Yeah, I uh, hope not. Uh, holiday's good? Everything treating you well? Everything's good. Uh, my boy went back to college and training today, so that's sad. But it was certainly fun to have him home for a few days. I saw the video of that kid just uh, barreling down the mountain. Oh, my uh, God. Have fun trying to keep up with that. Well, I'm, uh, Lloyd just asked me if I was skiing today, and it's probably great today, and I'm not because I've skied uh, with him three of the last four days, and I'm 51, and I woke <laughs> up today and like was like, oh, I actually can't go today. Like, I couldn't. I think I could maybe now because it's given me a few more hours, but when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but David, like, I locked up with my 14-year-old. He's wrestling now, and I locked up with my 14-year-old, and I was like, this – we're not going to be doing this much anymore. This this isn't no. going to happen a lot past this there, this date. There's the moment in time, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, know, but that's I, David. That's when you get that's when you get your pops. You get head out to the hill, and you're like, hey, you know, we, we still got it. Well, the thing I would say, I'll give my I'll give my son credit. He's super nice about this. So, I think he might just and my daughter too, actually, but they're. Particularly, particularly my son, he's so good. I don't think he's actually using any energy. Like he's just barreling down, like in amazing control, using gravity, and he's fine. And so he never stops because he's not ever tired. And I'm like on my telemark skis, which is a lunge turn every single time. My heels aren't attached, and I'm doing this like, and I'm exhausted and needing to stop. And he waits for me, which is really sweet. Like I appreciate that because it's a long wait. Um, it's not like your regular little wait. It's a long, long wait for dad to come down. And it's super nice that he takes the time to do it. Where does the largest gap exist? You between your son and skiing or you between your daughter and golfing? Hmm. Hmm. That's a really interesting question. I Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not close on either. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's really a different level of skiing, and she's like, I can get around a golf course. Like, I don't know. I'm a much uh, better skier than I am a golfer, though. So my first answer was, I don't know. I'm a way better skier than, like, I'm a 
three or four handicap skier, and I'm a 12 handicap golfer. David, how impressed should Jazz fans be with the win on the road against San Antonio last night without Donovan Mitchell? I just liked it because they won with defense. Um, and I felt like I'd been critical of them maybe a week or two ago and saying that I, I think even with Right, like that the difference to a little bit to me of where they had been in years past and where they were now is that we were beating people really handily and you know, still a great team, but that in the years past it felt like teams felt like they were really coming into a torture chamber to play us. And it hadn't felt that way to me this year that when you were playing the Jazz, like you were going to get beat and like uh, you might not be able to overwhelm them and their offense and they got too many weapons and you get beat, but it didn't feel like it was quite going to the dentist the way it had maybe I felt at times in the last two years. And, um, you know, maybe that I also could have been just fabricating that in my head, let's be perfectly clear. Um, I thought, you know, the last few days, games it kind of felt like you were kind of going to the dentist a little bit like you really just didn't have much like dallas was shorthanded and they did a lot of nice things but you weren't going to lose that game charlotte you, they weren't going to lose last night like those those games the jazz were in control particularly charlotte and um last night the defense was really really good and when the defense is good and the other team is, is having a hard time i think at one point last night san antonio was scoring like 0.6 points per possession in the half court that that's what I love to see out of the team is when those those half court games are such that it really feels as though the other team just like when they're into the half court and they're trying to work through it, it it's just a it's just kind of disastrous and um, to me that's how last night felt. Um, I think last night was our second or second or third best I thought half court defensive night of the year, but I'd have to check it. And frankly, let's be clear. Our half-court defense against them the last time we played was our second worst. So that was, you know, we were really bad against, not just Murray didn't play, but last time we played them, our half-court defense was horrendous. And this time I think it was like our fifth or maybe it was our fifth or sixth best half-court defense game. I'm forgetting. We played Houston and Oklahoma City early in the year and Milwaukee without any players. And on those three games, those teams had no chance to score. So the San Antonio Spurs, and, and and I bring this up just because, I don't know, I'm just trying to figure out why they've turned this corner, and we talked a little bit about it when they played last year. They're number one in the league in two-point attempts. They're number 30th in the league in three-point attempts. Is this Greg Popovich just playing to what he has on his team, or is it a middle finger to what the current status of the NBA currently is heading towards? What What's what's the genesis of this? So they started the year 4-13, and 13, and then they went 10-5 and five before last night. And I am going to pull up the notes of my expert statistician from last night, who was quite good at her pregame preparation, um, and find you some of the notes that she fed me last night. So why did, how did they get better? So their offensive ranking went from 23rd in the league to third, and their defense went from 20th to 12th. Okay. So they went from the 24th net rating team to the fourth net rating team. In the league, yes, my 16-year-old is giving me net rating. We've trained them well, Scotty. I like it. But Good. here's what's really interesting that she found was that they actually didn't – what changed was they went from making 9.93s to 11.93s. Ah. So it's getting Their two-point shooting was the exactly the same. In the first 17 games, they shot 52%. In the last 15 games, they shot 53%. They went from shooting threes from making 34% to suddenly making 38%, and they took two more a game. And that drove them from 23rd in the league to 3rd in the league in net rating. And the real reason is that Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker both just started playing, well, way better. Keldon Johnson went from 39% from 3 to 56. 
which is a little unusual. And Lonnie Walker went from 28 to 35%. There was no real rotation, no real minutes changed, no other alteration other than that they started shooting a few more threes and making more threes. And that, and then defensively, they in turn got better probably because the ball was going to hoop more. Um, so otherwise, there really wasn't much more. They went from sixth to second in turnovers. They went from fifth to fourth in opponent free throw rate. They went from sixth. You know, they, they actually started forcing fewer turnovers defensively, which means they were in a shell. The rebounding was about the exact same. Um, they started offensive rebounding a bit more than they were before and, um, and getting some extra possessions offensively. So that's really what the change was on them. I don't think it's because they're shooting twos, um, and I don't think it's actually helping them not to shoot threes. David, I know that sometimes you can just look at a number. You could look at assists and say, oh, Rudy Gobert, he's improving here because his assist numbers. But, you know, just putting any number aside and just saying Rudy Gobert is a passer, his no-look passes, especially his connection to Rudy Gay, has been impressive and notable. Um, not just that, but anybody where he's got that no-look, he's underneath, he's got the ball, flicks, flicks it out to the perimeter. Whether it goes down or not, it feels like his passing is improving. Do you have any other things that would – add to you know maybe the statistics of the of his passing improvement i think it's all related to the same thing hans i think it's that he's got better balance and more patience with the basketball he doesn't seem nearly as rushed right so i mean his assists are actually way down like they've they've dropped for four consecutive years um and they're half of what they were four years ago so there's no statistical way to show it but what I think we're seeing with Rudy is that when he catches the ball on the mid-roll or he catches the ball like that play where he hit Rudy Gay last night, he's holding his balance. He's a little more patient. He's a little more experienced. He's not as rushed. Last night he held his pivot foot the whole time. And so when, when you have, um, you know, I think that's what you're seeing that's different about him. And that's just body development and time, and he's worked hard, and he's, you know, he's really he's taken a lot of time to get better. This is this guy, you know. It, it, it's an interesting game with Rudy, right? We've seen him try to stretch his offensive skills. We've seen him get frustrated not getting the ball. We've seen we've seen these various things out of him. And I've heard like every now and then where someone's like, "Well, you know, just you know, be who you are." Like, well, if we asked him to be who he was when he started at the very beginning, he'd still just be a twelve minute a night player, right? Like coming off the bench and be long. But Rudy's never accepted the parameters around his game for one second. And so he's doing the same thing right now on the deep offensive end that he's done for all these years on the defensive end. And he's just insisting to everyone to, you know, that he can get better and he, he can make plays and he's actually proving to do it. And frankly, I don't have, I was trying to find a a stat today on paint touches and what, what our efficiency is when he gets a paint touch, because it feels to me like he's either going to the free throw line or he's dunking or now he's passing out. And he's just done, and, you know, it's all work. Now, you know, when we throw him the post up, it's awkward and it looks funny and it doesn't feel right and, uh, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable. It actually might be fine. Like, I'd really be curious to know statistically where it looks because, frankly, what I'm seeing is that most of the time, sure, a lot of times it's a wild and crazy bank shot that doesn't make any sense and it does all sorts of – but for just as many times as you see that, he ends up with the ball, you know, and he gets fouled and he goes to the free throw line and he's 70% free throw shooter. So that's 1.4 points per possession. And that's great. So he's just developing skills and he's working awfully hard to be able to get better at that. David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Um, Jazz will take on Portland coming up. Um, and Yana, uh, David, I wanted to um, 
Talk about the Lakers? With, oh, wait. No. no, no, I'd love to talk about the Lakers. But uh, <laughs> I just, uh, with this interesting uh, and, and bizarre and crazy world we're dealing with in terms of COVID, um, obviously the Jazz, and we talked about this, it, it's just, I mean, it's coming, folks. Just, just be prepared for it. It's going to hit eventually every team in the league, and it's going to craze uh, create a lot of problems for every team jazz included eventually but are you i mean do you like the way that the nba is handling this should the nba take a bit of a pause for a week or so i know it's not really feasible in terms of the grand scheme of things should they just shut down for a week or continue to put together some jv teams to try to make their way through this thing i mean they've made a pretty clear decision both on the um from the player standpoint, and I actually think from an officiating standpoint, that they're just playing through this, right? And that's what we're going to do, and it hopefully it won't last. Hopefully the 45-day window is, is accurate um, and that we can just play through it. And that um, it doesn't seem as though the spread is as possibly dangerously contagious as it could have been a year and a half ago. So that seems to relieve some burden. Um, if people are vaccinated, you know, it does seem to have an impact and boosted on how you react to it. So um, I think this is the right approach. I mean, I think it's interesting that woman last night who officiated for us, Blanca Burns, had called some WNBA games, but not like if you went and looked at the biggest WNBA games, she hadn't done it. I don't think I'd had her in G League games. I went and Google searched her. So she's from Oklahoma City. So I'm supposing here. But I'm guessing that whoever the third official was last night came up with COVID, and they had to find an official who could drive to San Antonio. Wow. wow. Like, I don't know, but, like, it, that, that seems reason, reasonable, right? Like, my deduct. But I do not have her calling – I don't have her having called G League games, so that she, she's not, like, a natural official in the – in the run of, in the run of what we have. So I mean, I think we're seeing this on on all levels. And when I searched her on LinkedIn, I found that she's from Oklahoma City. So that's a drop. Like I'm, you know, hey, I'm making a few things up here. But yeah, no, um, I don't think you're, I don't think you're off base on that though. And so By I, think, the way- you know, we're just keeping the league running right now. And mm-hmm. JD Rails and Jenna Renavu are calling games tonight. I think it's their second games of their career. By the way, this is probably, I would say, Hans, and I think you'd agree with me, the biggest bowl game to just get canceled, the Holiday Bowl. Tonight's Holiday Bowl between UCLA and NC State just got canceled. Wow. It's such a bummer how late these things are getting done, right? Like, I mean, no one can do anything about that. I I understand. I'm just, you know, hey, it's a bummer that, you know, we're calling games from an arena again, right? Like, there's a lot of bummers here. Um, So... Um, yeah, that's too bad. I mean, I feel bad for the kids. I feel the Boston College game went, what is that, about three football games now? Four or five. Yeah, four or five, I think. I think this is the fifth one, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's so. starting to climb. Uh, hey, David, is there any jazz player that you can think of that is better in interaction with fans than Jordan Clarkson? Well, I mean, can they be better? anybody be better than Don? Donovan's really good. I just, I, I just, I couldn't believe. I mean, Don's that bringing a fan kids out actually, of crowd every day to like shoot during his warmups, and it's like, I mean, it's pretty yeah. crazy. He's he is really good. I just couldn't believe that a fan has to be really rowdy to get under Jordan Clarkson's skin because I I know that he loves being around the that crowd. Yeah, he does have. And I'm not disagreeing with you at all on that, but I mean, 
he does have two personas. One is his on floor guy is pretty in a pretty unique spot, right? Like he's like he's he's bat you know, he's clicking at a high level. Um I, I always find it in all sorts of elements of life, when someone's performing and trying to be the greatest in the world at what they're doing, the mental focus and level of intensity that you have to go to at that moment in time is not normal. Mm -hmm. And so then to ask someone to respond normally to things is so weird to me. (laughs) That's true. Like, I don't understand that in any way, shape or form. It's, it's kind of the new age a lot of this is some of the new age stuff, but I just don't get that. Like if you're asking someone to be the best in the world, which means takes them a level of focus that's non-natural and moves them into an intensity level and focus level that's beyond like where we, you know, you're not doing a marketing presentation at this point and then expect them to act normally to that. I don't get it. Like that's not, that's actually an unnormal ask. So, for Jordan to be in game mode at that level, it's the same way like Richard Sherman's interview with Aaron Andrews. Like, I just have never understood why people thought that was like, what did you think you were going to get? Like, when we're doing on-floor walk-off field interviews with athletes who have just put everything on the line for like, at that level, like, what do you think you're going to get? Like, it's the same thing with like anything. Like, someone's just in a high-intensity moment and they're going to walk right out and you're going to get normal. Come on. Like, we're not actually doing the interview at that moment for normal reaction, so don't ask for it. There's a reason they call it a cooling down period. Right. You know, that's that's not just a, hey, let's go hit the showers real quick. It's it's an emotional standpoint as well. I mean, um, if we talk to a doctor right after they do brain surgery, I'm sure they'd be a little weird. Yeah. David Locke joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. David, uh, by the way, that's the uh, fifth. Uh, bowl game canceled, seventh impacted, um, and apparently, hands you like this, uh, the entire Bruins defensive line room uh, got COVID. Every def- they were going to move some linebackers up to uh, play D-line, and uh, they had two healthy D-linemen. Uh, they were going to move some, convert some linebackers to D-line, and then the other two tested positive. So there you go. That's a big bowl game. That's the big one, right? That, that's a big one, right there. That's a big one. And what is, gonna, is what is like? What happens here? Like, do you, like do we get the the big four off? You think? Like the big two, um, the big the semifinals. Uh, you know, honestly, I think it comes down to testing. I I don't know what the so the NCAA throughout the majority of the year, their testing policy was if you were vaccinated you did not have to test unless you were symptomatic, which meant that if you were in a locker room next to a guy and he was right next to you in the locker room and he tests positive, as long as you're not showing symptoms, you didn't have to test. So either something has changed in terms of testing policy or Omicron is forcing a lot of guys to have symptoms that are forcing them to test. Uh, I don't, And the fact that this is the day of the game too, which leads me to believe that there might be some extra testing going on, I don't know. But if they, I mean, let's be honest here, David, it's out there. And if everybody, if they test every team before every game and everybody on that team, yeah, I think one of our big four is going to get shut down. Yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, that's what's happening in the NBA is that once somebody has exposure, then the testing starts and then, 
we click in, right? Andy Larson had an interesting point that if you're not if you're boosted, then there's not testing going on. I, I don't know what the Jazz boosted status is, but if there's players on the Jazz that aren't boosted, they're gonna start getting tested more often, which then creates then the, more chance that someone gets positive have, than yeah. creates the testing. Yeah. Well, you saw the way they work in the college football playoffs, David. So if if you have one team that can't participate, then that is a disqualification and a forfeiture. And uh, the one advances. If you have two, then the two that are playing in the other bowl are going to be playing for the championship. If you have three, then that one that isn't, that is eligible to play, is going to be anointed as the national champion. There's something like appropriate. Is something that screwy, considering the last nineteen <laughs> yeah. months. Well, like, David, it pre- like it almost seems like that's how we should crown it. Like just a cap. Like let's crown a champion that way. Call good. And move on with life. Right. Like yeah. okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. All right, David. Appreciate your time right. as always. Uh, we could talk more, but uh, I've already got myself into trouble. You might get yourself into trouble. So what? Maybe we should just. I did nothing. Show. Don't put me I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you and I talk long enough, eventually something's going to happen. That's all. Yeah, today it took 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. Yeah, nice. that, Good work. Yeah, that, that, that might have been unfortunate. It was less than 30, David. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it wasn't. And let's be perfectly honest. Usually it's you, you, Scott Gerard. Let's not kid ourselves. Nobody else. You winking at hands. I know how this works. I'm not in the room, but I know how it works. Winking at hand, maybe even clicking off your mic, giving a little point to like, yeah, watch this. I'm going to rev lock up and get him in trouble with this. I know how it works. I'd and never, then I fall for it. Today, never, I just no. made a simple comment. And you, all by yourself. It's never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never. Wasn't do it Mike yes. McCarthy that hands, went on the basketball court? Yeah, you know, chided hands, the officials. Here's the question. I don't think it was even Have his kid. It was like his stepkid. Which, you know. Lloyd, <laughs> you don't need to play that. Stop it. We've had some troubles with this in the past, David. Um, What would that trouble be? All right, here's the cut. Here, play it, Lloyd. Wasn't it Mike McCarthy that went on the basketball court? Yeah. Chided the officials? I don't think it was even his kid. It was like his stepkid. Which, you know, it's, it's, it's his kid. <laughs> David, we've had some trouble with this in the past. You shouldn't have played that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Lloyd plays it, like, all the time. I'm like, Lloyd, we're going to get our guy in trouble over here. All right. Enough of this. David, appreciate your time. <laughs> Scotty? Yeah? You don't need enemies. <laughs> I know. Your friends are questionable. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, that's David Locke, play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.